Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for on patrol with the PPD. Airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode live of Control the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. My name is Mike Wynn. I am one of the co-hosts and co-producers of this allegedly weekly radio show. Uh, not, not weekly so much lately. Uh, but I'm also the chief of police here in the city of Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Today is Friday, March 10th, 2023. And we are live in studio this morning with a special guest who I'll introduce after we do the news segments. Uh, But let's start with a check of the weather, and then we'll talk about some newsworthy items, and then we'll start the show. WTBR forecast from BerkshireWeather.com for Friday, March 10th. Greetings. Today, mostly cloudy, with a high of 42. Tonight, cloudy, a low of 31 with some snow. Tomorrow, cloudy, a high of 38 with light snow. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more with a forecast and education, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm Jim Klein for WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone. Thank you, Jacob. Always a joy to get a weather report, weather forecast from Jake. Uh, so I want to talk about a couple, a few news items. Uh, the last news item will segue into this morning's segment. First news item I want to talk about, uh, you can check out this morning's Berkshire Eagle uh, or, you know, other, you can check out our Facebook post on it, but anti-street crimes unit was out this weekend and, um, you know, they're doing what they do, street, street level suppression. And they observed a car, a juvenile in the car, a juvenile driver also in the car known to us. Um, one of the juveniles was wanted, uh, uh, both on warrants and as a runaway. Uh, they attempted to contact them. The car ran very short pursuit, foot pursuit, two guns, cash drugs um you know I, i'm not going to talk about anything that's not in the in the news article they were arraigned yesterday uh, let's just say that the results of yesterday's arraignment are significantly different than what we were seeing for similar stuff um in 2022 and so we're hopeful that we'll be able to take some of these juvenile offenders off the street it's no secret we talk about it uh, that we are the destination city for several firearms pipelines we actually um had another case that i'll talk about in a moment that recovered a stolen fire firearm out of a southern state but the part that people are having a hard time wrapping their heads around is that most of these stolen guns are coming up here and they are deliberately being placed in the hands of juveniles because our federal counterparts will not work juvenile cases and so we need to draw a hard line in the sand locally with our prosecutors here to get these guns off the street and it looks like we're doing that now in another uh, PPD newsworthy item, because uh, I haven't been here in a while, but Lieutenant Hill and I were talking before we got on the air, um, our mental health co-responder program is up and running. In addition to the partnership we continue to have with the Brain Center, we now have three full-time city employees in the department and a fourth city employee in the public health department. It's the department social worker who is a member of my command staff to advise me and two 
city employed co-responders um, they're up and running and we will introduce you to them in a future episode of on patrol with the ppd the third item and well i guess we'll uh, the third item i'm just going to mention briefly i alluded to it earlier so yesterday we supported a search warrant execution operation by a federal law enforcement agency that seven days ago i didn't know existed and we can't get into any details of the the case of the search warrant because the search warrant hasn't been unsealed yet but what i can say based on my meeting with my federal counterparts from this agency which is a uh, tasked with um the investigation of the shipment of, pro of prohibited items or the export of prohibited items out of the united states what i can say is that the federal government became aware that a location in Pittsfield was receiving and then reshipping items that uh, are considered dual use. Dual use means commercial applications, but also potential military applications. And in this particular case, these were per personal protective equipment uh, that we would consider to be tactical or military personal protective equipment that they had reason to believe were being shipped and with the ultimate intention of being shipped to Russia. Um, purportedly for use in the war against Ukraine uh, and they they stopped that so that was interesting to get pulled into something like that on the international scene and we will see how that case um, pans out and then the last news item which will serve as a segue into our show this morning is that last night our sisters and brothers in red uh, had a pinning ceremony for some promotions in the Pittsfield Fire Department which is timely because our guest this morning is Chief Tom Sammons of the Pittsfield Fire Department. And so I thought we could start with an update on who got promoted. All right. Um, good morning. Good morning. Um, so this was our first pinning ceremony since the, uh, since the pandemic. So we had uh, three captains and five lieutenants that have been in the role for years now. So, um, but still, you know, we do the pinning ceremonies um, to congratulate them for the hard work that goes into studying and um, making rank in the department. And uh, so there was uh, Jim Zider, who was promoted to our training captain, and uh, Jim Heath and uh, Timmy Conroy were the other two captains that moved up on, uh, on well, C group and uh, D group respectively. And then uh, we... We had five lieutenants, um, so let me see if I can get them in order. There was uh, Ed Ed Hughes, without this in, in front of me. Um, I bet you I can find it. Find it quick. Uh, <laughs> Max Lacasse. Jeez, um, I'm drawing a blank. It's uh, okay. I put you on the spot. There's a... There's a Facebook post showing it on the uh, uh, IAFF. There you go. Um, but anyway, I feel I feel bad. But it, I put you on the spot, Chief. Um, so anyway. Anyway. So I didn't recognize the background. Where was the ceremony? So we were at Taconic. I we, thought that was it. And. Uh, um, there you go, Chief. Ah, thank you. Oh, I, I just lost it. Where were you? Um, we've used we used Taconic um, 
once before. So it was. Um, okay, that's, so some of these. That's uh, the new auditorium at Taconic, right? Yeah. Yeah, the new. Um, Ed Hughes, Adam Healy was not uh, was not there. He was working. Uh, Lieutenant Chris Bradley got moved up. Um, Lieutenant Jared Hoskier. I mentioned Max Lacasse. Lieutenant Sean Leary. Lieutenant Kendrick Reese. And Lieutenant Scott McGinnis. So there was seven, eight total. Um, yeah, do my math right. There was eight. Um, and five were there last night. The others were not able to attend. Uh, for various reasons, but it was, it was great, you know, um, and we had, uh, we had families and friends, um, Kendrick Reese had, um, a relative who was retired, uh, Springfield fire came up to pin him, which was, which was really nice to see. So he's got a long line of, uh, firefighters on his, in his family. Um, and, you know, we do this, we don't do it annually because we just don't have that many promotions. But um, a couple of years goes by, it worked out really well. There was, um, so it was good to bring that. We um, were able to bring Father Gregory in uh, to do the invocation, which was uh, really nice to, to see him again. And um, it was just very nice. Uh, to get together and, and congratulate everyone. So we proudly, um, and actually full credit to Lieutenant Mike Madalena for this, we proudly stole the idea of the pinning ceremony from you a few <laughs> years ago. But like you, we haven't been able to do one since the pandemic. And so we had done a couple going into the pandemic, and we're overdue, and we've had so much movement um, yeah, you guys have uh, in the last several years. And one of the things that we like to do is, in addition to recognizing all the promotions that have occurred in the interim, we also um, just, we don't present them again because they've already been awarded, but we also list all the commendations that our people have received. Uh, and it's it's an awesome event because the families get to hear stories about some of the things that they're their loved ones probably aren't giving them any details about some of the things they're doing on the street. So they get a little bit of inside baseball about some of the risks yeah. our people take. Uh, before we continue, I was remiss this morning. Working the board this morning is sound engineer extraordinaire, Lieutenant Matt Hill, who is also now responsible for booking talent. So he's actually the reason we're here today. Good morning, Chief. How are you? Not bad. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that, Lieutenant. So interestingly enough, for reasons that I'm not quite sure of, um, conversations in my office this week have spent a lot of time focusing on the fire department. Um, I think it might be because we're working on the EMD grant, and so uh, Maggie's been on the phone a lot with the uh, deputies trying to do some of the quality control stuff. Yep. But um, as a result of that, my staff has asked a ton of questions, and I realized that we've never talked about this before, and we talk a lot um, on the police side. But for our viewers and listeners, can you just educate them on the rank structure in the fire department? Sure. Um, so there's, you know, the base firefighters, um, and then there's the rank of lieutenant, which um, lieutenants. So I guess to give an overall structure, there's headquarters, um, is the center, and then we have four outlying stations that it, it's kind of like headquarters is the hub, and the four outlying stations um, are the spokes of the wheel, right? And um, we have four groups, and there's a total of uh, 13 lieutenants 
and nine captains, four deputies, and myself. Um, so every station, since there's four groups, there's three lieutenants, and then there's a captain who's a station commander. Um, and headquarters has captains and the deputy. The deputy is a shift commander. So um, every station has an officer and two firefighters. Um, and then um, there's four groups. So each group has um, a captain and three lieutenants at the outlying stations and a captain at headquarters. And then the deputy, who's the incident commander on all uh, multi-piece calls. Um, so there's, and then there's a lieutenant in the inspection bureau and a captain for training. So, so the progression is firefighter, lieutenant, captain, deputy, chief. And chief, yeah. Okay. And I think, so it was interesting because Maggie would be on the phone and to my admin and she'd say, we don't have deputies. And I was like, well, we don't have deputies, but they don't have sergeants. <laughs> and, yep. and um, you know, it's, it's an interesting because your lieutenants, your lieutenants have a smaller span of control than our sergeants, but ultimately more authority. Like they do more with less. It's a it, it's kind of a hybrid role. They fit in the the niche between our sergeants and lieutenants. Um, it doesn't translate cleanly, and we also don't do um, additional responsibility stuff. Your firefighters sometimes fill in as lieutenants. So yeah, yeah. So they'll move up <laughs> AR, and then you know, as another part of the. Um, as a fire department, we have the uh, the District Five Hazardous Materials uh, Response uh, Team stationed here in Pittsfield that has full time members from um, other Berkshire uh, towns, North Adams, Lenox, and Lee. Um, and then there's the uh, High Angle, the Tech Rescue Team, Tech Rescue Team, and uh, most recently is the Dive Team that we've got back going again. So all kinds of special operations going on over there. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, the other thing that came up is, and I know you remember this, for reasons that nobody has ever been able to explain to me, and I will never understand, when I took over in 2007, there was an SOP that basically said if fire alarm rang a second alarm, then they had to notify the chief of police. And I don't know what I was supposed to do because I had no training, but it was in the SOP. And before we changed the SOP, I would take those calls, and mostly for my own curiosity, a lot of times I would go just to kind of see what was going on. So we were talking about that, and then the question came up, well, what do you mean, ring a second alarm? I was like, I don't know how to explain that, right? That's fire <laughs> department talk. So what does it mean when the fire department or fire alarm rings an alarm, and what does that translate to as far as response? So um, the initial full assignment to a call is going to be the deputy chief. It'll be uh, three engines and um, a truck company. So once the, um, well, depending on the, the, the emergency, um, any officer that are, the first arriving officer becomes the incident commander. Um, most times the lieutenant or, you know, captain, once they get on scene, they'll pass command on up to the incoming deputy chief. Um, but if it is, it, you know, if they get on scene and they see that it's a, it's a serious, you know, emergency, they can, they can call for a second alarm right away. Um, Usually, it's it's best practice to wait for the incident commander to get the deputy chief to get on scene, let him make the call. Um, deputy uh, gets on scene and um, assesses what's going on, and then he, you know, if there's a confirmed structure fire, for example, um, generally any working fire in Pittsfield, unless it's really small in nature, will will make it a double. Um, 
and that will bring in the other two engines that it, during confront structure fire um the most senior officer in the outlying station will come and cover headquarters um and then the other one will sit um but if, as soon as you get a confirmed structure fire you're going to need at least one more engine on scene for um our writ to become writ which is rapid intervention which um and then you've only got one more en um, engine that's in service and um like i said usually if there's it's confirmed um we're going to make it a double which is going to call in off-duty firefighters a, lo a lot of time it's automatic that we call for lennox or dalton uh for their ladder truck um or their engine um now we're trying to keep our older apparatus uh engines for a couple more years in reserve so we can staff them with our own people um it's you know it's a daunting task our uh mechanic is uh got his hands full uh keeping them keeping those running but you know so then we're going to call to the scene what we need to uh confine well it's rescue confine containment and extinguishment so um they're going to bring what they need the deputy's going to call what he needs on scene um and you know my role is i i try to i let the deputy run the scene unless it's a you know going to be something that's going to be really really big but in most cases the deputies have you know they do a great job so um that's basically how it works so in the pittsfield fire department standard operating procedures how many alarms are there so there's first first alarm second alarm third alarm and then fourth alarm is our general alarm so that's calling everybody back our um the uh, Lincoln and Cherry Street fire we had last summer was uh, the first general alarm fire we had in a long time. And that was because um, the fire was uh, started on Lincoln Street, but the way that the wind was blowing, it blew through the front porch, blew the fire through the house, out the back door and into the adjoining house. So we had two structures going at the same time. We needed a lot of manpower. You hear, I you know, I, I listen and, and read a lot of emergency responder stuff, and you see from big cities, and they they ring like 12 alarms. It's like, what does that mean? There must be thousands of firefighters coming. Yeah, and there is. Um, you know, uh, we just lost a, a Buffalo firefighter uh, earlier this week um, in, a, in a bad fire in Buffalo. Um, and, you know, that respond, there was, you know, hundreds of firefighters on scene. The city of Worcester can run, they can have every alarm they have and still have units in service. That's amazing. So they're, yeah, yeah Worcester's a big city. Well, they've suffered some tragedy too. So. And they have, yeah, yeah. So when you were describing the, the apparatus complement and the staffing, you made a distinction um, between engines and trucks. Mm -hmm. And I've been around long enough and you know listened to enough of your radio traffic watched enough television shows so in the fire service you got engine companies and truck companies and you got like squads and ladders what's the difference so you know pittsfield we have you know all we we've got uh five uh frontline engines which are pumpers so and they carry a, a much larger complement of uh tools and equipment than they used to in in the old days now we you know we they're a giant toolbox um, and then, um, 
so each each outlying station has an engine company and headquarters has an engine and then uh headquarters also has a truck company the truck uh is either a straight stick ladder or it's a platform um our platform is a 2008 um 100 foot platform so we can get three guys in the bucket um and it's just a great working platform um the straight stick is just exactly what it says it's a 100 foot uh straight stick ladder that's you know um affixed to the top of the truck like you see and it also has a complement both ladders companies have a complement of ladders you know tucked inside the center of the excuse me back of the engine or back of the ladder company um they also carry um a giant complement of tools um that's that's really there that's that's the toolbox anything you need is going to be on the truck company um and it takes time. New firefighters don't automatically go on the truck. You got to put some years in before you can uh, get truck qualified. Um, every everything in the in the fire service um, you have to get qualified to do. So you don't come in the door. We send everybody away to training down at the state academy. They do four weeks here in Pittsfield. Then when their slots open up, we'll send a group down to the uh, Mass Firefighting Academy. When they come back from there, then they you know it's blue collar work. So you learn how to do the job on you know as when you get here um and you'll do some years learning how to be a fireman and then eventually you'll get uh you'll start getting on the truck you're going you, during drill school you'll start running the controls and running the ladder and then eventually the uh drill captain will sign you off and uh then you'll be truck qualified and then you'll do your rotation at headquarters uh on the truck all right, I have so many questions. So <laughs> occasionally, very occasionally, because I, I don't want to sound like a fire department groupie, but occasionally when I come back from a long training assignment or training day, if I'm you know just trying to unwind and I can't find anything else on television, I'll I'll watch like an episode of Chicago Fire. So is there a rivalry between engine and truck like you see no. in some of these television shows? Not not with us because we because at headquarters a lot of. A lot of big cities, you're a truckie, and you're a truckie for your entire career unless you, you move up in rank um, or you're on an engine. Um, here, we rotate. So when I was a deputy chief, and it, it, I wasn't, it came long before me, um, you were in rotation. So you did, you did your first month on the back of the engine. You moved to driving the engine. Then you moved to the seat of the truck, and then you moved to driving the truck. And then that, you just do that rotation all year round. So everyone's gets their time on the truck. Um, and we have had permanent truck guys in the past. Uh, we just, um, we're so young now that, uh, everybody, everybody does their turn on the truck. So, so in addition to being truck certified, truck qualified, what other special certifications do firefighters get? Just, I know besides like the, the special, special operation teams. stuff. Um, well, we also, so everybody's um we've just ran our second emt class and house emt class uh we try to get as many people to be uh emergency medical technicians as possible um we go on you know all the 911 medical calls so it's important to uh that everybody has a good everybody's a first responder being an emt takes that extra little bit um we have a a good fire investigation team uh that work very well with your uh, your investigators. Um, and 
then there's we actually uh um we got some guys that uh, move up and want to do it i got one guy that just finished a pio class um so there's a lot to do um if you really commit to wanting you know to wanting to explore everything but really before moving and and trying to do other stuff you really got to get the foundations of of how to do how to do firefighting because you know chaos comes quick and any fire scene is you know it's controlled chaos right from the beginning uh trying to you know rescue is our main priority um and then you got to find the fire you got to fight the fire you got to make sure the fire's out um you got to overhaul you got to try to save everybody's you know we get every engine company and the truck company especially has uh, a lot of um salvage covers that we put over people's stuff to try to keep water off it try to you know keep falling debris ceilings when we pull ceilings down um so there's a lot that goes into it and you know that's why when you see chicago new york city boston you know they show up with 100 guys and they have plenty of people to do that kind of work they have five-man truck companies five-man engine companies they have you know rescue full rescue companies um we don't have that so um we're in better shape than really small departments but still you know we have a lot more uh we have a lot more fires in the city, um, but still we're understaffed initially. And, you know, it, guys work, it, guys and girls, they really bust their tail to get uh, to put the fire out. And they all work very well together. So since we don't have, you know, f- five person engine companies and we don't have all those special units coming, it, it sounds like they really need to be generalists, like a Jack and Jill of all trades. Yep. Yep. And it, it, you know, and that's why it takes time to become a pump operator. You know, you don't become a pump operator on an engine right away. You got to learn, you got to learn the job, you know. So you said something earlier that I also wanted to circle back on, and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but you said it's blue collar work. And, you know, I, at one point in my career, I thought I wanted to be an arson investigator. So I've done a lot of reading, um, not, I mean, not compared to you, but a lot of reading for a cop on fire science. I would say it's blue collar work with a very white collar intellectual component. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's fire science program out of BCC. Um, and most, most, uh, firefighters, uh, take advantage of that and they get their associates in, uh, fire science and move up and get their bachelors. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, you know, when I say that they go on the calls, so they go on, we don't have, a lot of administrative people. I'm the only really administrative person. Um, there's the uh, lieutenant in the inspection bureau and two inspectors um, that don't go on calls, um, but they're out in the field all day um, doing their job. So, but everyone else that's sitting in an engine uh, company or you know sitting at headquarters, you know, respond on calls and you work, and it's 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 extremely gratifying work. Uh, but it's still hands-on labor, and and even the inspectors—they've got turnout gear in oh, their, yeah. in their rides. I've seen them show up and start schlepping SCBA bottles after a, yep. another alarm gets rung. Yeah, so they're still considered floor personnel yeah. assigned to the inspection yep. bureau. So um, they still go to drill school. They still got to train. Um, There's you know on different teams, and uh, you know still do all the all the same training. You know, there's a there's a 
scene in the famous movie Backdraft when they're interviewing Ronald and then, uh, you know, in arson investigators describing it. it in fire, like fire in a working structure fire, it is alive. It's a living, breathing, yes, it eating is. animal. It does. It does. It's, uh, I was telling my staff, and we, maybe we can talk about this a little bit when we come back from the break. Twice in my career, when I was in patrol, I was first on scene of working structure fires. I've never been more frightened in my career, uh, including being on point, going in against an armed bad guy. I'd rather do that than be on the porch of a house that I know is on fire. And I've never been more relieved than when I turned my head and saw the big red truck pulling onto those streets. Yeah. It's, uh, you guys can have that. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way. Um, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a different type of risk. And and I've, I've said many times over the course of my career, you take the most, uh, mentally compromised, irrational, intoxicated human being at the end of the day, they're still a human being. There's some degree of rationality there somewhere. We're going to be able to have a negotiator form a connection. You don't have that with fire. No, it's just a completely different entity yeah and it eats it eats and it um and nowadays with with the um uh all the different stuff that everything's plastic that they build with now and that's all poison so i always equate um smoke with cancer so right away anytime you see smoke it's cancer and i drive that home constantly um because you know cancer in the fire service is huge um and it's it's from it's from breathing in those toxins and uh that in most cases when people die in a fire it's because they breathed in those uh it's either the superheated gases but breathing in those toxins that you know a couple breaths of that and it'll it'll kill you so you know in a fire stay low crawl out get out um Make sure you change the batteries in your smoke, smoke detector. Yeah. We'll get into fire safety after our station break. we got to take a break for a station identification, another check of the weather, and a couple of PSAs. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, fire safety and, and other fire department-related safety tips. Our forecast from BerkshireWeather.com for Friday, March 10th. Greetings. Today, mostly cloudy with a high of 42. Tonight, cloudy, a low of 31 with some snow. Tomorrow, cloudy, a high of 38 with light snow. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more with a forecast and education, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm Kim Klein from WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone! Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. Missed an episode of your favorite show? Have no fear, because we have podcasts. Type in WTBRFM.com forward slash podcast on your favorite browser and search for your favorite show. It's that simple. 
Pittsville residents, have you heard about Code Red? It's the city's emergency alert program, and it keeps you informed on the latest updates and notifications, including but not limited to weather-related emergencies, road closures, and water main breaks. So stay connected and be informed. Text Pittsville to 99411 to enroll or visit cityofpittsfield.org to sign up. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. We all have busy lives and we're in a hurry to get where we need to go. While driving, people are eating, drinking, talking, putting on makeup, doing their hair, checking social media, texting each other, all while the dog sits on their lap. The result is running red lights, stop signs, speeding, and finally crashing. Distracted driving is illegal. You can be ticketed or criminally charged. Please share the road and pay attention. Let's make sure everyone gets where they're going safely. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. Better weather is around the corner. Expect an increase in the number of pedestrians on walkways, cyclists sharing our roads, and kids playing outside. It is imperative we all pay better attention while driving, walking, running, and cycling. So we need to do our part in keeping everyone safe by adhering to the rules of the road. Wear bright clothing if you are walking or running. If you are driving, please slow down and don't drive while distracted. Pay attention. Let's keep each other safe. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television, and I forgot at the top of the hour to remind you all, also available on popular podcast platforms. If you're just joining us, I'm joined in studio this morning by Lieutenant Matt Hill, who's serving as our sound engineer. Good morning, Lieutenant. Good morning, Chief. And our guest this morning is Chief Tom Sammons of the Pittsfield Fire Department. Uh, He's been educating me and fulfilling my curiosity about things that despite nearly 30 years of service with the city i hadn't quite figured out about the fire department structure so thanks for catching me up um that it's always interesting to learn about the differences we know the similarities it's always interesting to learn about the differences um and then as we got ready to break you kind of started a little bit uh, about fire safety so let's let's pivot there sure um you know you mentioned a couple key things making sure you got Batteries changing your smoke detectors. Daylight savings is coming up, so that's a good time to do that. Yep. Uh, make sure that you know you coincide and update that. And then um, you also mentioned the importance that if you find yourself, God forbid, in a structure fire, stay low and and get out below that those the smoke and the superheated gases. Uh, it's. I was telling a story. This wasn't. This wasn't in the office. I don't know what brought this up. It was with an old friend, and we were talking about remembering. Uh, Back in the day, back when you and I were in elementary school, when our friends whose dads were firefighters would come to class and let us yeah. put on the turnout gear and hold the SCBA. But uh, I, to this day, I remember stop, drop, and roll yep. and uh, carrying home tot spotters to put in the windows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fire safety, 1970s era stuff. Um, and it's you mentioned that one of your uh, commanders just recently went to a PIO school. I was when I when I teach new supervisors who were getting ready to go to PIO school. I always say take a lesson from the fire service because nobody does press as well as U.S. Fire Service does press. No disrespect, but yeah. you, you you could do less structure fires and more fire prevention and still get an increased budget. <laughs> only <laughs> only the fire service can do that, <laughs> and you've been the fire service has been doing it very well since the '40s. So yeah. 
um, that that whole fire prevention through inspections and education um, that's a whole nother component of of what your department does yes yeah. lots of community activity yeah yeah so we have uh the lieutenant mcginnis and uh there's two other inspectors um and they're busy every day they do uh all of their inspections range from their quarterlies at the hospital um and all the medical facilities they got to do all those uh whenever there's a, a single or two family uh house um transaction they got to go in and make sure that the smoke detectors are are proper and in the right place and within the date um they got to do whenever an oil tank comes out of the ground there's you know there's and i'm i'm barely touching on it. anytime a restaurant opens um they got to make sure everything works uh the hood suppression systems um the tank uh the hood uh ductwork is all certified and cleaned um there's a lot and there's only three guys right now and um so they're they're kind of understaffed they're overwhelmed and then they have all their in-service training that they got to do so they're um but they do a good job they do a really good job and uh they're out in the public they're the they're kind of like the face i was in there for four years um they you're the face of the department that uh people don't see on a well they go there on a non-emergency basis right um so um they do they do the uh the uh unregistered uninsured cars um yeah <laughs> and, subject uh, yeah yeah um and then they'll do the fire uh uh the um the uh parking violations at the at all the stores uh they just don't fire lanes all the fire lanes and you know and then they'll see stuff there um they also have to make sure that the uh, all the private hydrants in the city are um, have their inspections and they get tested. So all right, so this I just learned. I was like today years old when I figured this out. That's a, it's not quite true. I was like two years ago. Private hydrants. Mm-hmm. What is a private hydrant? So a lot of them are still on. Well, there are they, all of them are still on the city the city mains, but they're maintained privately by the property owner. So and we we did a push. Uh, before I, so before 2010, they, uh, the Lieutenant before me, Lieutenant, uh, Tim Hannigan, um, started a push to get them all painted red. So we know the difference. So, um, if it's maintained by a private company, we have to make sure that they're, uh, that they are inspected and flow tested. Um, and then, so we rely on all the yellow hydrants, but depending on where we are, we're going to tie into a private hydrant and use it because um, it should be maintained. Um, so, but, you know, you, you can't tell. And that's why we have the, the inspectors make sure that, that, that all the red. So anytime you see a red hydrant, it's a private hydrant. I just found that fascinating. I think we were out at, we were out at the National Archives <laughs> walking yep. around and you said something about a red hydrant. I was like, what is a private hydrant? Yeah. Um, you know all the hydrants in Beverly Hills are silver. <laughs> They're probably actually silver. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that, well, we're on the subject of hydrants because we got more snow coming on the on the way allegedly. So that's probably something to remind people of. Yes. Right? If you have a hydrant nearby, three feet all around, clear if that you, out. You know, if you're a property owner, 
uh, take the extra time and shovel that out because it, it you know, seconds lost could be lives lost in the in in a, in a structure fire. So if you know if we got to dig out a hydrant, um, it takes extra time to tie into that uh, to to lay the supply line into the engine company. Um, you know, it's 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 critically important to have three feet all around a uh, all around a hydrant. You know. Firefighters got to be able to get in there, get their their wrenches on there. Yep. So if you have a hydrant in close proximity to your residence, uh, help the fire department out and clear that hydrant out. So before we move on from inspections, and I I apologize because I don't want to bring up a sore subject, but I think this is something that most of our viewers and listeners probably are not aware of, and I found it fascinating when I learned about it, and I think they might as well. Um, so it, we do, the fire department and the police department, we do some joint safety programs, particularly uh, with the hospital and our schools. Mm-hmm. And uh, on a regular basis, annually, particularly new, inexperienced, passionate, energetic teachers, they like to decorate their classrooms. <laughs> and uh, inspections actually has a formula about the amount of square footage mm-hmm. on a particular area of wall that may be allowed to have flammable materials on it. And those poor, young, energetic, passionate teachers <laughs> might receive a visit from inspections. Yeah. Um, basically saying, no. Can't, can't, can't be there. Uh, and recently, the same thing happened with some holiday decorations in a non-school district city building. <laughs> yep. Um, so just be aware that in public spaces, the, the, the fire load, the fuel load is measurable. And our inspectors are pretty diligent about making sure that we're not providing overloaded fuel loads. So. Well, you know, and that all comes about from, uh, from past tragedies. Right. You know, everything, everything that, that those guys enforce is a result of something horrible that happened at some point in time. So... Given the time of year, you know another area you guys uh, weren't involved in this one, but your your colleagues down in South County have had a couple. Uh, in addition to fire, because it's Pittsfield Fire Department, but it's fire rescue. You guys have all kinds of other stuff that you're responsible for, and mm-hmm. given the erratic weather patterns we've had, uh, I'm knock on wood. I'm, I'm shocked that I haven't heard that PFD's been out on an ice rescue yet. Yeah, we almost um, went the other day. Um, there was a gentleman that, that that got rescued down in South County, but you know that being said, um, I just learned last evening that a, a, a guy fell through the ice um, here in Pittsfield and self rescued himself. Uh, so you know that's scary. You know, uh, you know, they say that the, the the thing to do is, you know, the the ice cold water is shocking, it shocks your system. So you really have to, you know, mentally accept that and then you know think about self-rescue so i mean physiologically shocking but then there's also you know we've talked about this we spent some time in around bodies of water before uh the physiological reaction when ice cold water hits a human face that mammalian dive reflex you can't train yourself around it's gonna happen you just have to be prepared for it yep um and that if you're going to spend time around frozen bodies of water, understand a little bit about dive physiology because there's things that are going to happen to you that you don't have any control over. You just need to be ready for them. Right. Uh, but so you mentioned that um, you recently 
reinvigorated the dive team, mm-hmm. the, the fire department dive rescue team. Um, but that's a specialized unit. But that's yes. that's different than just the cold water immersion suits that all of your firefighters got to be ready to put on there. Yep, we <laughs> we go out and train. Put the well, you know, on every engine company, there's there's the uh, the dry suits, and they go jump in the lake, you know, right through the ice. But the uh, the dive team we did, um, we we had a uh, a tragedy here in Pittsfield, and um, I was I was brand new at, at this job um and I, I matter of fact you were there and uh after that i went to uh mayor tire and explained you know that we already had a lot of the um equipment Quit. we already still had you know guys that were certified rescue divers and uh she allowed us to um to uh bring that back up and uh it's been a couple of years in the making we we got a lot of grants to buy our equipment um to recertify our equipment and uh, to upgrade, the technology is crazy, um, and communications is crazy underwater. So oh, the full face, full face masks, and, yeah. and uh, sound transducers. It's so much different than trying to do line signaling, right? Um, and it just you know, the timing of that was was outstanding because Western Regional Homeland Security was already looking to expand maritime capabilities in the western four counties, and mm-hmm. so you know. You, you were ideally poised to take advantage of some funding that they were looking to yes. provide. Yeah. So. We were there. We're ahead of them. Okay. Um, Berkshire County is, is actually in, in pretty good shape. Um, there's other towns that have divers. Uh, the sheriff's department has a good dive team. Um, so we, you know, we work alongside, uh, you know, other certified rescue divers. And, uh, you know, we all train together. They just had a training the other day, um, and uh, I'll tell you what these guys are. These guys have taken this. It's awesome. It's awesome to watch them. You know, they're really passionate about it. It's um, it. So I've I've put surveys out a couple different times because I I was a rescue and recovery diver um, early in my career, and law enforcement recovery diving is significantly different like we focus our attention after that golden hour mm-hmm. um it's, at, it's largely focused on evidence and so we've talked a couple different times i'll put out surveys among my people say if we if we were to bring back a dive component who would be interested and i always have people who are interested until i explain to them we're not going to be rolling out to do the, the rescue part right that's not what we're there for we got to go after everything is kind of wrapped up and then go find, God forbid, the body or the stuff. And when you explain that to people who are recreational divers, most of them don't want to associate their hobby that is their passion (laughs) with with what becomes some really dark work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we just, we've never pursued it, which always, it it boggles my mind because I was a really passionate diver before I became the chief. And then I just, you know, kind of let it go. Right. Yeah. So we do that. So we do that now, right? We fulfill that role. Yep. And uh, they, you know, they they still, they all show up. They all go ready to work, you know, do whatever needs to be done. So. Yeah. It's um, it's a different, it's a different type of mindset to know that there's, at that point, it's about closure, right? There's no hope mm-hmm. left. It's just about closure. It's about yep. providing closure to whatever the, the victim impacted family is. So, um, but it's hard. That's hard work. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so. yeah. Anytime you you deal with a fatality, as yeah. you well know, it's 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 hard. You know. Well, not just the psychological. I mean, I'm talking physically. Oh, Re- physically. Re- recovery yeah. diving is hard work. Yeah. It is demanding work. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had the the kid that uh, a fatality at on uh, was it Atwood. Yeah. That that went down in the shoot there, yeah. and and get, that was hard. Yeah. That was that was hard. I uh, I've done some I've done some law enforcement training diving never i mean i've done operational diving but i've never found these but i've done training diving in recovery uh where the water has had so much sediment in it that the only thing i could see was my own eyeballs mm-hmm. it turned my face mask into a mirror and i spent the entire time down there diving by feel yeah it's just yeah we just sent guys out to train in the hudson yeah. um moving water yeah that's is, is, that's, that's a different that's a thing. whole other element and it's you know, just that a couple of knots, boy, that, that, that changes, that changes everything. Does our tech rescue team have a swift water capability? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're, so what we, I think that's what the, the Western Mass Homeland Security wants to do. They, they wants to combine, um, tech and dive in the future to get them working together, together. on how to, how to perform rescues. So it's interesting because there's definitely different skill sets in both of those specialties, but there's so much crossover between the lines yeah. and the ropes and the knots and the harnesses that it really would make sense to at least train everybody in those core skills. Right. And then if somebody wants to specialize in one or the other, kind of go the other way. Yeah. You know, and I mean, then you're looking at also subspecializations between high angle and trench and, you know, and we could we could keep parsing oh, yeah. this. And put people in caves. <laughs> yes, there, there's no end of the possibilities of the specializations that could come in that technical aspect. So, what's going on in the fire department as far as uh, staffing and personnel and recruiting? You got. It seems like you've been in the training pipeline as long as we have, mm. just constantly bringing on new firefighters. Yep, yep. So we got. Um, we have one new member that did his uh, four weeks. Uh, with uh, Captain Zyder in, 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 on Pex Road, and he's waiting. He'll be going shortly to uh, the 10-week uh, Department of Fire Services training. And then we still have openings, so we got the um, we have the new test coming out shortly, and they'll, uh, you know, we'll be starting our interview process. That we've uh, Actually, we've got some great information from you guys to help us do some training or do some uh check out our applicants um so that'll be we i think we have four openings right now so there's and then we got retirements coming in july so it never ends it's constant so department of fire service academy is in springfield yeah is it still adjacent to the springfield national guard armory i don't think so okay no so when i was coming up as a defensive tactics guy i had to go down to the springfield national guard armory for like a prereq and the academy the fire academy was kind of like in the same area and i've told this story before but i haven't told it recently the day we started the very first drill we did the guy i was working with was a old-time crusty guy from worcester and he threw a pair of handcuffs on me and they weren't his handcuffs they were like pool handcuffs out of a box and the handcuffs failed and they couldn't get them off and I had to walk over to the fire academy <laughs> and have the cadets cut me out of handcuffs. I was no like kidding. 30 minutes into with my first day of training. And uh, I was I was sidelined because I couldn't get uncuffed. 
<laughs> so the firefighters were my hero that day. They helped me out. Yeah. So Neat. Yeah. Uh, the other question that came up, and I didn't have a good answer for this, uh, how many women firefighters in Pittsfield now? We have two. Um, I'll tell you what. Um, I'll put them up against anybody anytime. They they are hard chargers. They are great at the job. I couldn't be happier. We had to do an operation, a uh, joint operation, uh, two winters, three winters. Ago. First, I think it was the first winter of the pandemic. We were all the way out on West Street, and we needed um, the fire department because we needed the sleds and, mm -hmm. and the skid stretcher. And so uh, we've been in Engine 5, right, Pex Road? Yep. Yeah, Engine 5 came out with the utility truck and, and the sleds, and they kitted up. And at one point, we needed, we basically wanted to ask your crew to reposition the trailer so we didn't have to put up privacy screens. And the deputy turns and, you know, grabs Abby. Mm -hmm. And uh, I looked and I was like, you don't want to do that yourself? And he's like, I can't jockey that trailer like she can. <laughs> yeah. And she, I, I mean, I can't drive a trailer to save my life, but she just manipulated that truck and that trailer like she was just driving through a parking lot. Like, yep. Damn. Yep. So, yeah, this, she's hard charged. I have, I don't know if I've met the the second female Katie. firefighter yet. But yep, Katie. Uh, she's she's a she actually went out. Uh, she's a, it was her second time. We we did the B Fit Challenge. Yep. Uh, and she uh, she blew through that. You know. She, so they're 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 really good at their job. They're passionate, just as passionate. Uh, and you know, I'm really proud of them. That's amazing. So what's uh what's on the horizon? What's planned? What do you what's your next big project with the fire department? Ah uh, boy, um, well I, I kind of mentioned earlier, um, you know I'm I put in for a new new engine to replace the uh, engine at Somerset Ave, um, and then we would get get we would replace our worst reserve apparatus. We would put one of those to bed. Um, it's really it, it's it's hard to keep these old uh trucks on the road you know it's it's they're expensive and you know you get a new one that you know is going to be a good reliable uh piece of apparatus it's going to be in service for 20 years you know after 20 years is is that's basically the life cycle but here we keep them and then they sit for another you know 10 years in reserve um so that's that's our big thing um one my biggest thing and um that i would love to see is to uh, rebuild our uh, training facility on Pex Road. Um, we can't really have live fire training. We can do you know a little bit of smoke, but you can't feel any heat. Um, and for me, that's that's huge. Um, you gotta you gotta practice like you play, right. and we're not able to do that here in Western Mass. Um, the training facility on Pex Road used to be uh, a countywide training facility so you would get all the small towns would bring their people up and get certified right here on Pex Road um, and just the, the the building was built in 1953 and it's been abused its entire life so it, it needs needs a little bit of love yep. or a new one um, ideally it would it would be nice to have an NFPA compliant building um, I've been working trying to get that off the ground but like any any right. anything that's as you well know we, we've been to a couple locations where like, we could do this together <laughs> yeah yeah and it just doesn't seem to happen and it's just there's so many factors involved i thought it was just going to be like 
yeah, we'll do this, this, and this, and it'll be up in a year and a half, you know. And I talked to engineers, and, you know, they scratch their head and look at me. Me, as a, as a new chief, I was like, yeah, this is just going to happen. <laughs> well, nope. <laughs> yeah, famous last words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not anybody's fault. It's just, the, it's just the nature of the beast. It is what it is. Oh, Chief, I want to thank you for coming out and joining us this morning. Uh, yeah, well, thanks been, for having it's, me. It's been a while since we got a chance to catch up. Um, just for all of our viewers and listeners, I, I don't want to speak for the Chief, but uh, this is this is the beginning of the hard push of budget season. Yep. And so, um, you know, the Chief is the only administrative person in, in the fire department, full-time administrative. I, I am not. I have other administrative personnel who are full-time that assist me, but that'll be our focus for the next several months as we um, get ready to turn in our, our budgets and start the budget hearing process. Yep. Uh, it's going to be different this year. Uh, there's a lot of changes going on. Yes, um, indeed. So stand by for that. We'll talk more about that on future episodes. We generally like to try to wrap up this show with a, a round of like positive stuff. So despite the weather that might be coming in, Chief, plans for the weekend? Um. Well, I got to collect my son down at uri he's uh university of rhode island he's his spring break starts uh at, i think around 12 o'clock today that's he's exciting probably, probably in, in his uh final right now so um uh that's that's gonna be my big thing going down collecting him bringing him home for the for the week so awesome well enjoy that safe travels lieutenant plans for the weekend uh, at some point i want to try and see avatar too ah, ah good call you know try to catch that is it still available in a theater or are you going to stream that oh no i'm going to go see it in a theater it's got to be nice. 3d i'm not going to waste my time any other format nice good for you <laughs> coming from the sound check guy that's right sound engineering trainer he'll write a critique of the sound system in the theater he chooses i i don't actually know i yeah I usually say that i'm i'm hoping to maintain my regular training regimen and get some time in the gym but for a variety of reasons i've been off of of uh my routine well your training. hands are full oh there's that <laughs> um i'm also nursing some surprising injuries that i'm not really sure how they occurred and uh been a little under the weather so this may just be a weekend to recharge and relax we'll see but for all of our viewers and listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I know that it's been a while since we had a live episode, and unfortunately it's probably going to be um, a couple more weeks before we can get you another live episode. We've got an Academy graduation next Friday that I have to attend, and then I'm out at the Animal Control Academy uh, doing a course of instruction for Statewide Animal Control Officer Association the Friday after that. So if we can get Officer Derby in here. We'll try to get in another uh, live episode. Otherwise, you'll hear a repeat. And until we are back live again, this, you've been listening to Out Patrol with the PPD on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. And uh, check us out on your favorite podcast platforms. But until then, be safe, be healthy, but most importantly, be kind. We're 10-8.